Craig, are you there? Craig? Let's see what's going to happen here. Bill, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, all this, uh, un you have to uh, manually unmute and stuff like that is a little different. Yeah, I had to, I had to do some too. You know, those guys. Got You're kind of breaking number. up a bit. Okay. Got your go phone ahead. number. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you're kind of breaking up. Um, uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're you're coming across fine. You're perfect. Okay, now you are you are too. So anyway, okay. Yeah, perfect would not be an adjective. I would, I would uh, <laughs> ascribe to myself. <laughs> anyway, yeah, maybe. Well, I've I've been called perfect something, but usually it's something uncomplimentary afterwards. You are a perfect. I've got a, I've got a different screen here. I've got uh, different warnings up. I don't know what the heck's going on. It, it said we were starting to record already, which is a little unfortunate, I think. Yes. But that's okay. So normally, again. Yeah, normally you? have control over it. I'm fine. Hey, or can you tell if our listeners who are tuning in, our loyal listeners, are people who are actually following while we're on, or are they people who are tuning in later on? It appears that most of them are downloading the show and listening to it later. Uh-huh. Well, that's Not interesting, but uh, yeah, we got to start encouraging people, you know, offer you know incentives, you know, for for doing things uh, like uh, actually asking questions. And I think if we uh, ever figure out this new system, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Please ask questions. We have uh, no room for answers, uh, but anyway, that would be that would be good. So, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We had, you know, it's been a, a, a heat wave out here. And yesterday, for the first time, I saw on my car uh, thermometer, the outside air was 108 degrees at one point. But it's a dry heat, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it it is drier here than, than Ohio. So that 105 felt like 90 some. I mean, it wasn't awful. And it's going to cool off a little bit today. So It'll be better. We'll we'll do well. Well, that's good. Yeah, we've uh, as I sent you that email about the Western Basin uh, getting yeah. uh, of uh, Lake Erie getting hammered with uh, 
algae blooms and stuff like that. That's never fun. No, no, they're having real trouble. But it's been yeah. it's been a good it's been a good week. Not not too bad at all. Well, that's good. Well, ours is a wet heat down here, so that's what we uh, <laughs> that's what we tell people. <laughs> we yes, but it's a wet heat. We we just discovered that we have to start walking at like six thirty in the morning if we want to go on our usual <laughs> six mile walk or so, um, in order to avoid that heat. Oh yeah, I imagine that's, so uh, that's early. pretty. Pretty nasty. Well, you're an up and early kind of guy anyway, right? I am, and and we did some really neat stuff um, this week. I want to talk about this one place that we went. I I was telling you about the gentleman that we were talking to, Tony Romo, or Ramos, uh, that I was hoping was going to join us today. Uh, Right. and, And the place that he works, we went over there. It's right next door to us, and we haven't been there in... uh, since we moved here. So we stopped in to see the facility and I w- really wasn't expecting much. Holy smoke, is it a great place? I I can't wait to tell you all the things going on there and what's happening. Sure. Cuz it was a re- oh, it was good. an eye opener for me. It really was. Well, that's good. Always good to have an eye opener. So that's uh, you know, that's uh, you know, always as I say, you know, learn something new every day, Jimmy. Galvano had that whole thing as part of his his speech. I had a very strange dream last night that I was somehow giving the graduation speech um, uh, at the University of Vermont, um, uh, <laughs> a school in which I had a what I refer to as a brief but glorious career, um, you know, followed by the dean inviting, you know, sending me a kind letter inviting me to take a semester off to reconsider my commitment to academic pursuits. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it was it was it was very kind of him to do that. I mean, it was a personal letter too. It wasn't just a form letter. Oh, very so. nice. Anyway, that was but it was interesting because I was just, I mean I was really having a ball enjoying. It. I had a point. I was one of those things where I didn't need the notes and I could, could just talk. But it wasn't just a you know as are many of my dissertations rambling and pointless. But um, but it's just uh, it was it was kind of an interesting happy dream and I was saying okay so what's the message here you know, go back and graduate or whatever. yeah what? I, I don't know you know well I could you know what the, the I learned the trick though to academic credentials is um, you to do that you need a very clear picture of the word uh, what an alumnus or alumna is and it is not somebody who graduated from a place it's somebody who attended a place um, ah. So therefore, you know, you could take a night class at Yale and you could be an alum of Yale. You could be an alum of Harvard, Cambridge, you know, do all all that good stuff. I think that would be kind of an interesting uh, interesting uh, venture to uh, to to pursue. But uh, anyway, that's uh, it's neither here nor you know, there. One of, but um, one of the things uh, that you reminded me of when. Uh, when we moved here, we brought my father's Harvard chair with us, which we've always had at home. Um, and my father had it in his home. And he always called himself a synthetic Harvard graduate because he went to a business course at Harvard, just a single course. I don't know how long it was. Uh, but he was able to get a chair, so he called himself a synthetic Harvard person. Well, it sounds like a Harvard person who would make up something like a synthetic Harvard person. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I'm scratching my head as, as I listen here and saying, well, 
what the heck does that mean? But anyway, yeah. well, that's yeah, that's cool. I didn't. Uh, yeah, there are. I know there are executive courses that are there that people uh, will attend from time to time, and uh, and so um, it's a yeah, it's a, so anyway that you could be you know you could have very impressive credentials, uh, sure, uh, and and still. Um, Still not have to suffer the pain of of trying to actually pass the courses there, so that would be that would be what my did, my thing. What did you do in Vermont to be asked to uh, reconsider? Uh, I, I said, well, um, started with uh, with not going to class. That was uh, it was more of what I did not do, um, um, and taking a uh, after four years of, of confinement of boarding school. Uh, deciding to uh, to to uh, break fully free of that experience by trying other experiences, and so anyway, uh, and you know, there was uh, copious beer available, which was not available in boarding school. I mean, we could drink in New York because the drinking age was was 18, but it still was uh, was uh, kind of fun because you, they had to bring it in over the border from uh, from New York, from Plattsburgh on the ferry. You know, that's how everybody got their beer. But anyway, the, so it was that, and and generally it was also um, my first experience with with bad college advising, um, and I can't certainly can't blame it all on that, but I had a uh, <clears throat> I'd taken a proficiency course, uh, or a um, you know it, uh, they have a screening course to see if you are uh, what your level of capability is in something. That I did very well, excuse me, <clears throat> on the math course, and they put me in a in a calcu- engineering calculus course that was five credits. And um, after the first test, which I thought I had failed miserably, but was delighted to have found out that I had gotten a 72 on the thing. And, and the teacher, you know, I was kind of, you know, until the teacher said, uh, by the way, if you got any less than a 90 on this test, I would strongly urge you to drop out of the course because this is so basic. It was almost painful to give it to you. Wow. And uh, so I went to my advisor and said, I need to drop out of this course. It was a five-credit course. Their rule was if you failed half your credit hours, you were you were out. I had 18 credit hours, um, so I needed to fail nine. That was five down the drain. And then followed by a, um, a pre-med zoology course. I don't know who my person was that put me in the in the courses they did, but I'm sure they put me in so they wouldn't have to change any anyway. Um, so um, that was a four-credit course. So five and four makes nine, which is half of eighteen. And yep. sayonara, Craig. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that was, of course, my parents were delighted, um, and. Uh, but anyway, it was a, it was an interesting experience, and so I I I listened to um, to advisors when I went to to Long Island University. Then it was CW Post College, now part of Long Island University, uh, and um, and almost. But I well, I tell you, I didn't make the mistake on the advisor on the uh, the the, uh, the screening uh, test they gave for French. I, I scored, I know for sure, the lowest score you could possibly get because I got a zero. Uh, oh, yeah. I knew, that, all that the, I knew all the answers. I mean, I had had umpteen years of French in uh, in high school. Um, I knew all the answers. I just answered them all wrong. So that saved me because I got, <laughs> I got an A in that course without having to study, and, and it was almost sayonara again, which would have probably sent me to the military. Uh, and... Um, 
So at any rate, uh, you know, so I didn't listen to them, and I, I basically did my undergraduate uh, backwards because I'm a kind of a hold apart learner, and I I uh, started taking the courses I liked. And somebody said, "Well, how about prerequisites? What do you do about them?" I said, "Well, it's easy. The dean, you go in and ask the dean to get her sign off on you taking a prerequisite." Um, and uh, and I said, uh, so I just. Uh, I found out we that she signed her a name in, in a specific color ink. So we uh, we we just sat outside her office until it was uh, until we found out what color ink it was. Forged her signature, went in and registered for what we wanted to register for. Uh, it's another technique was to bring a case of coke into the the people who were actually doing the registering. Give it give them. Coke and they would just put you in the front of the line and you know you give you any course you wanted. So my my senior year, my last semester, of my senior year, I ended up uh, with freshman biology, freshman French, mm-hmm. freshman botany, um, freshman math, speech, and gym. <laughs> Quite a list. Quite well, a list. I have no. I have no idea what's going on. I'm my screen is doing all kinds of flashing now. It's saying it's all clear, and then I'm getting other warnings coming up and all kinds of things. So let's just start as if, and I think we've been recording for 13 minutes. I'm not sure, but Probably let's just have. begin. <laughs> let's just begin. Help! I'm retired, and we'll see what happens today. Uh, I am Bill. Yeah, I'm Bill Sharp from Hill Country in Texas, and uh, I retired. Oh, about a year ago or so. And uh, we moved to Texas just a month ago. We've been enjoying the heat down here, and I'm joined by my co-host, Craig Ryder, who's in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Bill. Yes, as we've been talking about, it is a wet heat down here. Uh, so we're uh, very proud of that uh, when people c- complain about the heat. But it's uh, it's a fabulous day here. We've got stand-up paddle boarders going out and trying to get off the oyster beds, which is a good thing to do since they're not a good thing to run into when you're not fully clothed and protected. Uh, and uh, so they look like they've made their way around it. So fishing boats coming in, the dolphin boats are going out. So anyway, all all a good day down here. Uh, Craig, are there any formal sort of uh, retirement venues or, or uh, facilities close to you that people attend or go to? Uh, give me an example. Um, I'm trying to uh, you know, whether it's a, a YMCA or a, 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 a <clears throat> campus that has uh, courses for seniors, um, you know, just just activities and things, activity centers for some of us that are a little bit older. Yeah, well, we have um, the Island Rec Center, which is, is part of the town of Hilton Head that uh, has a, a number of programs. And I'm not sure how many are specifically designed for seniors. There's so many of the people who are down here are extremely active, um, <clears throat> both physically with uh, golf and tennis and pickleball, which is a big sport uh, down here. And um, and and, um, and they've got a wonderful master's program. Uh, so there are some, some places where that happens. But a lot of people um, that I have run across actually um, volunteer, and they don't need actually a, a formal group to be able to do that. They they can pick up a cause or they can take up a project or whatever the case happens to be. So it's um, 
it's it's a it's a very interesting uh, interesting place. Uh, they do have, um, and not to put an unhappy note on things, but they for people who are suffering with with memory problems, they do have some wonderful programs that have actually appeared on public broadcasting for people who are, have some memory challenges. And, and one of the, the thrusts here is to um, make the island a, a place that's that's friendly. Uh, User friendly for people that are are you know suffering some some cognitive uh, challenges, but but there are um, there's there's a place here called Sun City, which is I guess not just here but everywhere. Uh, it's like summer camp for adults, and they were showing me their activity book. We had friends that lived there, and um, it was like the phone book of New York City. I mean, it was just incredible, and 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 it's very specific. If you like uh, southeastern Thai. Uh, four alarm vegan, uh, you know, uh, uh, meatless, obviously dishes. There's a club for that. I mean, and they they meet regularly and do all sorts of things. So some of the the retirement communities have those built in. The people that are just residents don't don't have, um, I think, as many options here. But that through a formal structure. But there are, you know, there are country clubs and yacht clubs and things like that that have. Uh, Lunch and learns. There's also the the um, University of South Carolina in, in Beaufort uh, has a, a new campus that they're building down here, which is going to be interesting once the traffic starts to hit uh, down near Sea Pines Circle. But the, but the goal of that too is is to provide um, you know adult learning uh, opportunities for uh, for folks. So so anyway, yeah, there there are plenty of opportunities here. I, I have been surprised. My my image, and maybe this is a problem that we have in, in our country. We don't prepare people well enough. We do a good job helping them find careers uh, or getting them out of a college if they don't belong there, but we have trouble. Um, <laughs> we don't prepare them for what to do after they retire and, or tell them what it's going to be like. Um, I had I had a completely erroneous um, impression of what senior centers were like. We have one located right beside us, and its written mission uh, is to proactively support healthy aging by providing information, services, activities, and rewarding volunteer opportunities that enhance the quality of life. And to me, that sounded deadly dull. Um, you know, I, I knew they had uh, chair yoga, which doesn't fit someone in shape like I am. Um, they had bridge. They have meals on wheels. Uh, they lend medical equipment, dementia care. Um, you know, uh, uh, kind of an adult daycare situation. Right. And that's that's what I thought was was the majority of their class. I was wrong. I was way wrong. I went over there last week. Um, and Lucia and I were looking for ways to volunteer, things we could do, perhaps help with Meals on Wheels, do something. And they provided me with some literature. And my gosh, they have classes in in drone pilots, uh, wow. basic basic flying of drones, uh, drone pilot certification, uh, doing videos with drones. They have all kinds of programs on on Microsoft and and other. Um, you know, computer activities. Um, they have informational programs. Uh, the things I expected, like elder law and, and that sort of thing. But then they have things like motorcycle 
certification courses, and they provide the motorcycles. So you don't even have to have a motorcycle to do it. Um, I'm a big handgunner. I don't know if you knew that or not. Did you know that? I I remember you saying that you brought guns with you, and uh, which uh, I I did not know that before then. But tell me more about that. Yeah, I I uh, I, I like I, I like handguns, and I like shooting targets, and and doing that. It's a lot of fun for me. They have courses in in buying your first handgun. They have the Texas License to Carry course that they offer a couple of times. This summer they're offering it a couple of times. I guess there's one more time left. Um, dog obedience, uh, collecting. Now this this is a hobby I could get into. Collecting rainwater. Uh-huh. What? What? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's talking about building your own rainwater and solar system in your home, and it can supply all the power that you need to live off the grid, which is important to some people down here. Uh, they yeah. like to do that, but they have they have page after page after page of courses being offered and then they do offer the nutritional services they have as i said they have meals on wheels and they 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 give lunch make it available five days a week if you come into the Dietert center and it's very popular the parking lot is always crowded at lunchtime um for a couple of hours they serve basically the same meal that they send out on meals on wheels to the people and you can pick it up for uh, it's a, it's a donation, so you can give whatever you want to give. Uh, but they they recommend about four dollars is what their recommended course is for it. But it's just a vibrant, exciting place to go that has all kinds of things going on that I never imagined and I never knew that seniors were involved in because I wasn't prepared for this. Sure. Interesting. That's uh, yeah, and and that's those are are wonderful finds because it just expands your focus and your quality of life, and and uh, you know, and and to just a neat place. As I say, I, and maybe it's just my experience because when I first was here, I was working uh, in the way a lot, so I didn't get to know any of those things, and have gotten you know focused on other activities here. As you know that. Um, that have kind of taken me away from from looking for those types of things, but that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's it. And I think we talked way back when about uh, about the book that Dick Bowles wrote called um, you know, the Three Boxes of Life and How to Get Out of Them. And they talked about just that that we you know we we we're, we have our our school box of life, and then we go from there, and then we go and work, and then we go from work, and we go and uh, and then we go retire, and he said each each uh, you know changeover is 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 like waking up in a treehouse, you know, and I'm, you know, you, how the heck did I get here? And um, <laughs> so so he's very you know very clear that uh, you know this is uh, this is something that uh, that people need to consider. And his his thought was uh, that that uh, you know the best mix is 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 just that a mix of things. That you know, so work, study, and, and internships when you're in, when you're actually out uh, in college would be you know something and good, and then that you know to be able to learn while you're retired, but also if need be to be able to find some avenues for um, for being able to earn money uh, sure. while you're uh, while you retire. So 
so anyway, I think you know, I think that's the thing. But anything that that gives you that opportunity to uh, expand your horizons and not being locked into your own, uh, you know, situation because it deals back with the isolation we've been talking about. I think is, is certainly a wonderful, wonderful thing to to have. Um, in what ways do you plan to use that? Well, I, I I certainly think we're going to be volunteering. We're going to be offering uh, to drive Meals on Wheels, do something to, to help with that program. Lucia has some experience in the financial side and administering the Meals on Wheels sort of program. I don't have any, but it sounds like a good thing. And and one of the things that they talked about is, and you and I have talked about this too, is the importance of, of just that social interaction that, that you have with people. One of the problems they identify for the recipients of Meals on Wheels, because they're required to be homebound, is they have very little opportunity for social interaction. And the the drivers and people who deliver the meals provide some level of of interaction for those folks that that are at home. Um, and certainly, the center does the same thing by through these courses uh, at all different levels of physical ability. Um, just because I'm able to do a lot more, that doesn't mean everyone is at at my advanced age. <laughs> um, and and uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's just you and I have talked about that the importance of that social interaction and the isolation that people feel when they're retired and the the problems that can cause. And I, I think we're hoping that we can talk with someone that has some insight into that particular problem. Um, sure. And if anybody does, we encourage them to to call in. We have a brand new number. Did you know that, Craig? I did. That's how I'm here. Did, does the old number give you the new number? Have you tried that? No, it doesn't. I did try it, and it doesn't. It just says that's no longer a working number. It doesn't do anything for you. You have to dial in 605-562-0400. Six zero five five six two zero four four four. That could uh, you know present a, a challenge for people thinking uh, the talk show has disappeared. I mean, is there any message at all that our number has changed? Or I would go to the website. I'm just I'm just interested for those who are low tech like me. Had you not let me know, I would be you would not be having the conversation right now. So. Yeah, there there are some very strange messages online. Um, actually, I I had a different number to call this morning, not the six zero five number, but I that's what I dialed in on, so I could I could actually get through. Um, and then I had to enter, of course, the uh, the the ID number of this program, which is one four four eight nine six one four four eight nine six. Help, I'm retired is the name of the program. And then I was able to, to get through. And I heard you talking uh, once I unmuted everyone here in the studio and was able to get things going. So I'm still struggling with this. I don't know what's going on, but we'll we'll figure it out as we go forward. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great uh, to figure out. But there are we haven't had a neighbor here who was was homebound and was uh, an architect and lived here for a long time and very eccentric. Uh, guy and and very creative but extremely eccentric and uh not only that he was 
you know, as sometimes happens, not always, but uh, that he was um, had, had kind of alienated himself and some of the neighbors. Uh, and we, um, you know, we, we one time he was complaining to uh, uh, to Pat, who had run into him out at the uh, the mailbox that he had uh, in his bathrobe, by the way. Uh, that he's, that Meals on Wheels, he was hungry because Meals on Wheels never came, and so. She told me, and and I went over with with a uh, box of food and or you know some food that we had, and knocked on the door, and I could see him sitting up in the in the living room watching TV, and he never ever moved to come down. So it was, uh, you know, and I don't know if he didn't hear me because uh, I knocked and I rang the bell, and if nothing, I am persistent, as you will remember, I'm sure, uh, and. Uh, so yeah, it's it's and that isolation just kind of builds on itself. Becomes uh, you know, then people are alienating me. It becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Da 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 da. So anyway, that's a that's a big issue, I and mean, that'd be wonderful if you guys could get involved in that. And one and of the one things we go ahead. Go ahead. Well, one of the things that I had not considered um, as a as a part of that isolation, and that's just my ignorance of the of the topic was. That there are times that you might ring the bell. This is what they were telling us as we were talking about volunteering. You might go to the home, knock on the door, or ring the bell, and no one comes. And so you, they said, you know, you need to be patient because it, they may not just hear you. They just, you know, it's a hearing problem, and they may not hear it. They may not be paying attention. But also there could be an issue, a health issue. So they have a place for the volunteers to call to have someone come and check on them, like your neighbor, uh, who could be having severe health issues. And if the Meals on Wheels volunteer didn't come by, no one would know it, and they wouldn't have a way yeah. of getting medical help. Exactly. And, that's, and so many uh, people are re- reluctant to uh, wear, uh, you know, the uh, I've fallen and I can't get up um, type of uh, equipment. So it's... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's because uh, it's a you know a definite sign that you're you know you need that kind of thing. And uh, so anyway, it's uh you know it's it's uh, it's a, a, a an interesting situation. But then I had thought of that years ago when I was in Dayton was have a service that would call up and you know just in the morning just could contact people and maybe in the evening in the afternoon just call up and you know make a connection say hey how are you doing and um, it a little bit because I love to talk on the telephone and uh, and uh, but uh, you know wasn't wasn't a good business model but it was it was you know the the, <laughs> the heart was there yeah so uh, anyway this there's you know a lot of a uh, lot of twists and turns one of the things that that um, in terms of spending time and and what's going to be productive or worthwhile um, for individuals, I had a, and I may have described this before, but uh, we probably have new listeners. Um, but I had was called in to do a program for um, uh, for some uh, retired executives who had done a project and it didn't go well, and they uh, were kind of at a loss of how they could use their talents. And you know, making some assumptions about that, I I, I kind of figured what had not gone well, and. Uh, and so, uh, just after a series of, of things where they did a couple of just very light assessments uh, about what they like to do, uh, then um, I said, okay, if, you know, if a project has four phases, coming up with the idea, 
you know, fleshing out the idea, laying out all the particulars, doing the project, and then doing the, you know, the postmortem on the thing, and and kind of, uh, you know, determining what we do, uh, what went right and wrong, and then, uh, and and so I assigned different corners to those different things, and I said, now I want you to go up and go to the corner that you like best, and they all went up to the coming up with the idea corner. Uh, and mm-hmm. the one you like least, which was actually doing the project. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they got a clear picture of what happened, and and uh, and they said, well, no wonder nobody wanted to clean up after the pancake breakfast or whatever it was. But the uh, <laughs> well, no, that's your job. I, I came up with the idea. It's my idea. I'm done now. It's up to you to yeah. do. And uh, so the um, you know they they thought that the, perhaps there was no way they could really. Uh, successfully contribute and uh, we started to explore that about how they could do that so they're the you know their gift to not-for-profits and 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 different social service agencies etc etc was to help them come up with ideas that would work for um, for uh, projects that wouldn't earn money or would do whatever uh, they wanted to do and then hand it over for them to actually do and get out of the way and move on to do something else. So anyway, it was kind of an interesting thing, but I think it's important again, is, you know, that, that people who come from a certain um, level of responsibility are still either trying to do that or they don't recognize that what they're taking on is really takes a very different skill set. Yeah. And to stay within the thing that that really would utilize the best of their talents, you know, as the old the book about uh, about uh, you know mindedness and how we whether we have a more closed minded or open minded approach to learning and life. And uh, they said, you know, we're, you know, your goal is not to be better than somebody else. Your goal is to be the best you that you can be, um, and which made a whole lot of sense. And the book was mindset. It's a fabulous book. And um, it was, uh, you know, just talked about about which we used to do with careers, same transferable skill to to retirement is, what do you enjoy doing? What does success look like for you? Uh, and then how can you start doing that? Uh, whether or not you need to earn money is immaterial. It's just uh, how can you find avenues where that's bringing value? Sure, sure. I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of looking through some of the materials here as as. Uh... As you were talking, not that I wasn't listening, but um, wasn't. I came across one course that they're offering that I have no idea what it could be. You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Introduction to stone balancing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, those are um, you know Native Americans apparently made, and I'm just blocking on the name of what they're called, but they they would take stones and they would they would balance and there was a capital one commercial what's in your wallet and the guys out in the desert being the guru yeah. and, you know and the stone and then somebody claps and the, all the stones tumble but they're apparently kind of a um, zen-like activity in which you actually try to build these stones so that they will will stay up and be stable but also understand that they are temporary and um and uh, I, as I say, I've forgotten the name of what it was. We were a cairn. That's right. And if we were to build those when I was on my outward bound experience uh, as a uh, sign to the people. Uh, we were uh, we were uh, alone on uh, everybody was alone on their own islands, and uh, they people would come paddling by just to make sure you were okay. And your signal that you were okay is to build a new stone 
Karen every day so they can they can look at it and they see you're yeah. actually functioning. So anyway, that that it is kind of a Zen like thing, kind of like the sand garden, I guess, where you uh, you know you have a very small garden and a very small rake and you make designs and things like that. So it's kind of a kind of interesting. So that's that's my best guess. That may be totally wrong, but uh, yeah. especially out west, I think that would would. Uh, would be a, a mental picture I'm getting of what that activity might be. And and this is something that I would not expect living out here and, and looking at what we see on our walk through the desert every day. Um, all rocks will be supplied. So, you know. <laughs> there you go. That's good. You don't have to that's good. don't have to go out and find your own rocks. I think that's a that's an advantage. Yeah, well, this you know this is a good uh, you know a good thing for that. That's uh, and and you know the desert is an interesting place. I never spent time there, but I was amazed. And one afternoon, spent did a quick tour. Was part of, I was part of a program. We got the afternoon off, and and just the things I learned in in a small space. They didn't they didn't take a big space. They just took a small space, and we kind of explored that. It's everything you can learn. You can learn right in this one space. You don't have to go driving around looking at cactus that they'll. You know, there's plenty of those, but if you stop in the space and really get to know this space, um, that's uh, that's an important thing. And some of the the ways that people used uh, plantings there, both for good and for nefarious reasons, um, mm-hmm. was was very interesting. And uh, and the reasons why, you know, the culture behind it. So it's more it's kind of a history lesson as well as a uh, geography lesson as well as an uh, you know, uh, just a nature lesson. So it was, it was, it was cool. And uh, now, describe to me a little bit your climate there, because I know it's very different than the than the wet heat of Ohio too. What what we're what we're told, and we've only been here, as I said, a month, and and it's been quite warm, unusually warm. They they have told us. Uh, generally, this time of year, it, it's warmer. It's in the upper 80s and 90s generally. Um, this time of year. And then it it does get cooler as October comes through and November. Uh, December and January seem to be the uh, the winter here, and we're told that that's a, a colder climate, and they can get ice in the morning, although it's usually gone by the afternoon. Um, yeah. I don't know if they've ever seen snow here or not. I'm not sure of that, and I haven't been clear on that. But starting in February... Um, they get or late January and February. They get into their fall season, and uh, fall here is a is a, a real pollen producing season. It seems to have a, a, a deleterious health effect on on a lot of people with allergies, and that's wow. why we came here last year in February because we wanted to see that we both have allergies and we wanted to see whether we could tolerate it or not, and we had no problem. Although I know that you know once you get acclimated, things can change. Um, uh, and and following that fall, then they have, or, or spring, I guess, is what it is in, in uh, late January and February. It's spring in the pollen season. And and then it starts to warm up again, but it's not it's not uh, it's not uncomfortable here in hill country. We're not like the rest of Texas, where it's flat and hot all the time and very hot. Um, we we just don't have that, so it's it's a very well, nice guess, climate. Yeah, well, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ours is a, our you know the average humidity we're seeing now is between forty and fifty percent. 
Um, wow. That's typical humidity for us. So it's it's not as low as like in Arizona, but it's not it's not the ninety percent we were used to in Ohio and that sort of thing. What 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 do you have in South Carolina? Oh, uh, 120 percent humidity. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some days you walk outside and you're wearing the weather. I mean, you literally are. It's just just on you. The air down in Hilton Head, though, is, is has a very soft quality to it. I mean, it's it's hard to describe, and I've had others use that same word because there's just no other way to describe it. I mean, it's just a very bracing almost uh, type of. Um, type of feel to it when you walk out, but they're in the summertime, especially in August when it gets real hot and the uh, uh, the winds aren't aren't as uh, blowing as strongly in the in the stem because the differential between the sea and the land is, is, is you know not that great, so it's not driving uh, driving the breeze, and uh, it's just uh, quite you know can be quite uncomfortable. It hasn't really bothered me. We have to watch with our dog picking our dog up when. He goes out uh, that he's not walking on on pavement because the pavement can be 150, 160 oh, yeah. degrees. Uh, yeah, they, and so we're yeah. They do warn. So they do warn up. you about that here as well about keeping your dogs off of the pavement when it's so warm. Yeah, and they also have uh, warnings. Uh, you know, if people go out in the desert and they they. Um, you know, they're walking along and they're doing fine as adults, but they've got kids who are keeling over from heat stroke because the the, the heat is down by the ground, and the parents are are up in the air, you know, and they're they're feeling breeze, so they're feeling quite comfortable, and uh, the kids are really, you know, not doing well because of that uh, that temperature differential. So it's it's all uh, interesting. It's like um, cross country skiing. People used to put kids in. Uh, in backpacks and uh, uh you know and then they go out and cross country ski and they're sweating away but the kids just sitting there and uh you know it could be some dangerous conditions well i'm going so, to uh go out and take a walk in a little bit and i think uh we we've done uh it looks like we've done about 42 minutes on the recording which is longer than usual and about half an hour in our normal conversation but let's let's do this again next week craig and see what we can find out we had Kevin Hua joined us for a few minutes uh, today and uh, chose not to join in the call. But uh, Kevin was with us live on the air, and uh, we're happy to have Kevin join us. And we know there are a lot of people that listen. Um, I'm going to try to figure out this this control board if I can. So uh, I'm going to end the recording, and we'll see what happens when I do that. If I lose you, Craig, I'll talk to you soon or send you an email, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thanks. A pleasure as always. Thanks to everyone for listening to Help. I'm retired. Stop recording. Let's-